Hello, hello, everybody. Coming from to you from the Ignite Your Life studios. It's Ignite Your Life with Rick and Sashi. Coming from beautiful Vancouver, British Columbia. I'm Rick Mirage. And this is Sashi. Many, 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 money. That's what we're talking about today. Yeah, absolutely. We're doing part two of Money in Marriage. So uh, it's such a big topic. We could probably do five parts, but uh, we're going to keep it to two. Um, and, you know, last last week we talked about uh, how money in our relationship, how that worked, you know, coming in, we basically put everything in the same bank account uh, and just started to, uh, um, you know, run our finances from there. And we didn't have uh, a lot um, you know, coming into the marriage, so she had some savings and, and I had some assets, but, um, you know, we, we put it together and we made that work. And, um, but, you know, it might be different for people who are already established and have um, some money and some assets and they're bringing that into the relationship. And, you know, I want to, I think it's important to remind people that um, how many struggles we had with our finances and how many fights that we had because um, you know we didn't just come to this place of being able to talk about money and uh, talk about money and marriage without a ton of like failures to get to this point. Yeah, absolutely. We we're just discussing one this morning, actually. <laughs> and uh, it, it's funny how, you know, people say life works for you, you know, or, <laughs> or, or you know, life is working, life is happening for me. And because um, uh, we, we had a situation where I had actually lost about $20,000 of Sashi's uh, retirement fund. Um, or 401k for for uh, Americans um, are, are, are in her RSP. Um, um, but yeah, same as the 401k. I lost 20k. Uh, I felt horrible, so guilty. Um, I was basically I, I was investing in, in the stock market and I, I was doing fairly well, except that then I got into options. And options are, you know, um, high high risk, high reward. <laughs> and I started to gamble with the money. And and then once I start to lose it, you know, it's like, oh, I'll, I'll win it on the next one. I'll get it back on the next trade. I'll get it back on the next trade. And it just got away from me. And, um, you know, uh, when, when Sashi found out, um, it, yeah, it would almost broke our marriage. Um, we had months and months of turmoil in the marriage, uh, in our relationship. Um, we even did a, 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 a personal development program where we walked in <laughs> and didn't even sit together <laughs> because she was so steaming mad at me. Um, and then, but, you know, like I said, life is happening for us. Um, and um, it turns out it, it wasn't as bad a thing looking back on it six, seven years later. Uh, and I'll let Sashi tell you that part of the story, but just want to say hello to Barbara and Jim. And, uh, thanks for being on and watching. Yeah. And those of you listening on the podcast, um, welcome. Thank you for listening. I hope you're enjoying the content. And we know money in relationships is a huge 
topic and we just want to delve into some of some of what can come up and and maybe some of the things that happened for us uh, might be able to help you and and we just love to share um yeah. you know how how we navigated through these obstacles yeah so coming back to that situation i was so mad i was like so like rigid my body was tense i was angry i was like um how could you do that like how could you be i made him feel really bad just with the way that i talked to him and uh and i stayed angry for a long time and uh held a lot of resentment and a lot of um anger and having pros well we went to this uh personal development emotional workshop and um, I was sitting in the, uh, the circle and we were doing introductions and it was like a kind of a small intimate setting where people were going around introducing themselves and it was meant to work on ourselves and the facilitators were so trained that I started talking about this, how he lost all this money thinking like, you know, like fix him, <laughs> do something with my husband and the facilitator started asking me about my relationship with my father. And it just was through me for such a loop. And the questioning I was getting it, all this emotion started to come up in my body and I started to shake. I started, my legs started to shake. And, you know, for people that don't know my story, my father was um, diagnosed with a mental illness when I was about four or five years old. And I took on a lot of uh, responsibility at that age, at that young age. And then um, he ended up committing suicide, going missing for six months, and then um, committing suicide when I was 15. And um, so when this, 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 I started getting questions about my father, and all of this trauma was inside my body. And like, I'm trying to hold my leg down to stop it from shaking. And here I had come to this, this workshop thinking, you know, I'm mad at my husband over him losing this money. And what I came away without going into like a ton of depth around that, that workshop. Um, it was such deep rooted trust issues and deep rooted um, feelings of being abandoned and, and deeper, deeper, deeper wounds. So what the point of this is, is to tell you that when you're feeling anger, when you're feeling, um, when things come up like that, it goes back to things that were unprocessed in our body from when we were a child. And, and so that anger, when you feel that rigidity in your body over something, it's, you would have felt like that as a child um, because of something that happened. And so until you deal with those underlying issues, things will crop up in your present day relationships that you can't process. And so that was the point of that. But I mean, the good thing that happened from, from this and going back, like I, now we can laugh about this stuff but it's been five six years but at the time it was just so much turmoil like we were i i was like i i at the time i didn't think i would even wanted to be with him i was so angry and i thought it was just him and i thought it was like i can't trust him so what's the point he's like all this money i've like worked so hard for and he just went and lost it like you know and all this stuff was going through my mind at the time but now like i can see like a lot of the anger was directed at myself for not being more involved in my own finances and not 
And knowing that I'm smart, like, you know, I have a business degree, I have an economics uh, minor, I have a ton of money smarts, but I wasn't using my own knowledge, I wasn't getting involved in my own stuff to grow my wealth, I kind of was just like, you know, not wanting to think about it and deal with other things. And I just put it out of my mind. And that situation made me angry enough. And, and it motivated me to get more involved and to be to, to have that feeling, I'm never letting anybody else deal with my money, I'm going to do it myself. Because you know, when I was in my 20s, I we had these crappy uh, financial planners from Canaccord and Prime America who were like through um, these network marketing type things and they got us and they yeah, were or friends. just brokerage houses. And yeah. That really, you know, we're looking to make a buck. <laughs> Honest. Yeah, and and <laughs> so put us in, you know, like a lot of mining stocks, which are doing great at the time. Mm -hmm. But, but uh, they weren't savvy in their yeah. investment style, and they lost our money. So it was like this repeated uh, pattern of other putting, giving my trust to other people that were like losing my money. And anytime I dealt with my own money, I would make money. So it's like, why am I like letting other people touch my money when I can do better? So that gave me the ammunition to go and start being involved and since then i've bought actually five properties <laughs> five properties as of like last week and i've um invested I've, I've become a more savvy investor when it comes to my funds and so in this short period of time five six years um i've gotten so much more confident in what I can do for myself and had it not had Rick not you know had we not gone through that and him not taking that action to lose the money I wouldn't be this far ahead in my wealth today you know yeah. like I might not have taken all those risks so there there is a blessing in it yeah there's an absolute blessing for and for you know both of us just to, um, you know, how do we want to invest our money? You know, it started actually the conversations now, um, where's the best place to put our money? You know, are we risk adverse? All that, all those conversations get. And for me, it, it, I really started to look at, okay, what's a good portfolio or for my age stage in life, you know, what I want, all those things came into play. And, you know, uh, the, gone were the days of, um, you know, the high risk, high reward um, investments. I mean, sure, there's a percentage of that still in our portfolio, but um, not the, not a big chunk of it, for sure. So, you know, that leads to, um, you know, talking about finances in your relationship. So a lot of couples, you know, um, uh, I want to discuss budgets today. It's actually goes, well, why do you want to talk about budgets? We, we never did a budget, you know, and... Uh, we, we did it. We didn't have a, a form, a formal budget, like a, or, or, or you know, one that was down on paper. But we had a good understanding of where where our expenses were going, what we were bringing in, and what was going out. We had a good expense. We had a good understanding of that. And neither of us are extravagant spenders, where we were we would be spending a lot of money on on you know on frivolous um, items. So. We were maximizing our joy per dollar. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> the definition of frugal. <laughs> uh, yeah, so, you know, we didn't actually need to make a budget, but I've worked with people who uh, who they talk about, oh, man, I can't control my partner spending. Like, you know, I want to sit down. 
I want to get our finances in order. Um, but they don't want to like, you know, they don't want to put a budget and put a budget together because um, it will show all, you know, um, you know, the money that's coming in and where it's all going out. Uh, mm. And so people are afraid to actually sit down and, and, and I understand put, that. put, put uh, a budget together. Yeah. And, and if, if you're, if you're not achieving your financial goals, yeah, you have to do that. You have to look at where the spending habits are, mm-hmm. the money that's coming in. And the best way to do that is a budget. So you can see where, mm-hmm. you know, the income is coming in, where it's going out and you want to, you want to plan and, and that planning is going to address some, uh, some of the money wounds that come up as well, mm-hmm. you know, um, because things are absolutely going to come up when, um, we start to talk, well, why did you spend, you know, $300 on a dress every week of the, the month? <laughs> right. And okay. So someone's, you know, there, someone maybe, um, ha- has an emotional wound there where, they, yeah. you know, they're, they're, they're trying to fulfill yeah. something in their life through purchasing. through purchasing, just like, you know, emotional eating or, um, watching TV or being a workaholic and being a compulsive shopper is the same thing, right? It yeah. comes down to where is the emptiness? What is the void that we're trying to achieve and, and yeah, you know, fulfill, the, fulfill and, and with, with the, um, not wanting to look like there's all there's likely going to be some emotional pain there and that's why it's easier to avoid and the same thing happens like you know even with um eating like people don't want to really start taking track keeping track like of what is it that's going into their mouth and when when are they eating because even with that like there can be emotion emotional pain of they could could be eating to fill a void and it's very similar to the spending thing and um yeah yeah absolutely so uh you know like i like i said uh, last week you know sashi and i you know pooled our money and, and and went from there um is having a budget or or working out um, how the finances are managed uh, in a relationship, especially if you're coming in um, with assets and with money. Uh, that's a very important conversation to have and to actually you know make a plan for because that's a lot of people you know they they connect they have they they're in in a relationship. Or even in a marriage, uh, yet their finances are still um, not in union as in in the marriage, as in with everything else, and that's where the, you know troubles uh, can brew. Uh, that that's where people get into the arguments about you know spending and what's coming in, the income that's coming in to the house, and where is it going, and uh, you know. Where are we going to spend? What are we going to invest in? And all, all these things really need to be talked about. And people come into a relationships actually afraid to talk about money. We're we're um, a lot of us are are, are um, trained from a young age or, or programmed from a young age not to talk about money, not to talk about finances. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, don't let don't let people know what's in your bank account, or mm-hmm. uh, and and so that that's fine for strangers, but with your loved ones, you want to talk about 
Because um, honestly, money is money just an energy, yeah. right? We put all this attachment and all this like um, emotion and importance to money. But when we really look at what it is, it's just an energy that allows us to transact in this world and to, for us to have the things that we want to have. Like right now, we're going through a transition in our lives and we're looking at um, today I was just talking about how I want to look at, okay, what is it? What are all the things we want to do in our lives? Like truly, what do we want to do in our lives? And what are the ages we're at? How are we going to put a plan in place to be able to do everything? And if we can do everything we want to do, then really, what is there to be concerned about? You yeah. Know? So. And why are we continuing to do the things um, that we've been doing for the last 10 years or, or 20 years, um, you know, and part of it, we're programmed, we're programmed to do that. And until we start looking at, um, you know, uh, what are our plans for our life? Like, you know, what's it going to cost us to have this lifestyle? Mm -hmm. Okay. Well now, now that's, you know, you can reverse engineer that you can work back right, from that lifestyle and, and realize, okay, well, you know, I need to work this many more years, I need to mm -hmm. earn this much more income, or I need to earn this amount of income uh, over the next two years so we can have this lifestyle. And, you know, we're looking at, um, you know, you know all, all sorts of possibilities, you know, where, where, where you know, we're, we're living in different parts of the world and how, how expensive is that and um you know what if we you know um sold uh, some of our assets and, and and lived off um you know some of the income or had investments that you know brought in income. you know we're looking at all sorts of things but if we if we didn't look at these things and if we didn't plan around them we would just continue to do the be doing the same things or you know working towards this um that goal you know the american dream or the canadian dream you know um you know get a good education go to work work for 40 years retire right it's we're just programmed mm -hmm. that way and, yeah and, and there's so many people that do that and then they retire and they retire may, broke yeah and they may have uh health concerns at that time and uh and then, or they may be tied to the paying for their assets still, or just, yeah. And, and you think about it, like, is that really the kind of life that, um, is that the only possibility or are there other possibilities? Like, could we think outside of that box? Um, yeah. Yeah. So now we're looking at income generating ideas, um, not just working, you know, working for the 40 years. So and Sashi and I, you know, we're, we are exploring, we're in that world. We, we do have multiple sources of income where we are generating income from uh, many places. Um, and we've looked at that and we've both also done the uh, full-time, you know, a full-time career path. And um, I've got to say, you know, it's a lot more fun to have multiple streams of income. <laughs> They're just uh, depending on a paycheck. Absolutely. Right. Absolutely. And, and you can see how not trading time for money, but making your money work for you, how much it can pay off. And so when you, um, yeah, there's all kinds of strategies to make your money work for you and build that wealth. The one thing you want to make sure you're not doing 
is uh, living outside of your means and putting away as much as you can into building because you eventually want to be financially free. And if you continue to spend everything you earn or even with most people spending even more than they earn, you're going to be doing that for the rest of your life. <laughs> There's just no, I guess, think about it after you're done at 60, 70, where's that money going to come from? right? You're going to be living on a pension and old age security and a small company pension? Or do you want to have a nest egg so that you can have the income to do whatever you want to do with your life? Right? Because yeah. we're not here forever, guys, there's a timeline. Yeah. And, and, and you might be saying, well, you know, I don't earn enough to have the lifestyle I want. Well, um, pull back your lifestyle. Um, yeah. Uh, and, um, you know, when Sashi and I first got married, we had really cheap dates, you know, we'd go to a, a $2 movie on, on a Tuesday <laughs> it and fun. it was, and it was fun. We'd have, yeah, we'd walk to the movie theater, watch a smuggle in our snacks. <laughs> like, why would you want to pay, you know, extra for a chocolate bar you can buy at the dollar store and yeah. smuggle it in? <laughs> yeah. And, but it was it was still fun, and but it yeah. was you know um, we we were living well within our means because we were saving uh, yeah. for, for to buy our, our first home or mm-hmm. actually not our first home or a first piece of property, mm-hmm. um, but live you know live, absolutely live within your means, and if you can like even you know have a hard look at where you could not have that Starbucks coffee. Do you really need that one? Yeah, um, you know. Uh, and you know what you said was perfect. Um, don't uh, get to the end end of your end of your uh, life looking like you know um, is that all I have to live off. Of? Mm-hmm. Like looking back, I would have even been putting away more and more aggressive funds in my twenties and thirties. But um, I was I wasn't thinking that way in my twenties and thirties. But thankfully, our kids. Um, yeah, like, I mean, I look at Shyla at 25 and how she's yeah. already like thinking that way of growing her money. I wasn't thinking that way. I mean, I was thinking real estate. We did buy a property and that did pay off. And then we bought another one. But it wasn't until much later in life, yeah. like in my 40s, that I started looking truly at investment properties. So my 20s and 30s really went with no wealth building. Yeah. Yeah, and so yeah, the younger you can get into your investments, start contributing to your 401k or RRSP. I'm not sure if that's the greatest vehicle. Um, it's it's tax sheltered, yes, um, but you in the end, if you're wealthy, you might end up paying more tax when you take it out. So um, just start to invest, you know, and and allow that money to compound for you and make and make allow your in investments yeah and if you really truly think that you don't have the money to do that then get a side hustle do something on the side like I mean this side hustle that I'm doing now I honestly could have been doing that in my 20s and 30s as well and putting that money away and compounding it and growing it and so forth it's just a, a very simple side hustle that fits into my life wherever I want it to fit and can be as small or as big as I want it to be so if that's something you're looking for is some more income, then reach out and I can share a little bit more about um, what I'm doing. And if you're looking for anything. Um, if you're looking for coaching, actually, our daughter is a money mindset coach. I was just looking uh, for a link. 
what I'll do is I'll, I'll put a link in the chat. Um, she has a course on on just financial well-being uh, mm -hmm. investment strategies. Um, yes. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Uh, her wonderful, is, wonderful. We learn a lot from her. <laughs> yeah. It's a, it's great information. Yeah. Um, and uh, you know she she really does a great job of, of helping people. Yeah. Educating them about about finances and the mm -hmm. different vehicles and 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 methodologies on how to how to save how to invest yes yes she's very intelligent yeah so so I'll put i'll put the uh, link for that in, mm -hmm. in the chat below so have a look at that check it out and if you're interested in more income i can put a link to my calendar and you can book a call with me and we can see if there's some way that uh, we can make it work or if um, you can find out more and see if it could be something suitable for you absolutely and all of you guys listening on the podcast uh, you can get in touch with us at uh, the man at rickmarage.com or younger at, at shashimaharaj.com <laughs> see you guys see everyone next week bye thanks for being here bye for now